And so because we fear that fellowship being broken, sometimes I hold back from telling you the truth. Because I think that you're going to disagree with me and you're going to shut me out. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, many of us, we, we like to think that, you know, I pursued the truth, I lived the truth, and I, I stand on the truth. But the reality is that many times when we know, you know, somebody's talking to us and they're saying something, we're like, oh, that's not good. That's going to lead them down a bad path. And we're like, oh, do I say something right now? Because I think if I say something to my coworker right now, they're just going to shun me and, you know, for every year after this, when I work with them, it's going to be weird and awkward, and they're just, you know what I'm talking about? But here's the thing. If we're to have real, genuine fellowship with people, we must choose Jesus. And guess what Jesus is? Jesus is so I want to talk about that this morning because right now, especially in our, you know, culture, our culture is really moving away from God. And it's so tempting to just be quiet, to just kind of, you know, have our little beliefs. But as we were looking at Sunday school this morning, if we know Jesus, we're called to be light. We're called to be salt. And that means that we share truth. And I've talked about this before. I'm going to talk about being mean to people. But I'm just talking about we share truth. We, we say, you know what? Here's what God says about that. And here's what he says this is going to lead to. But right now, um, as our culture moves away from the Lord, they're, they're getting more and more aggressive with, you keep your opinions to yourself it's a, if it's speaking against my life. But that's not us to do. If I'm really going to have close fellowship with God, then I've got to open up because that's what God's going to do. And so if I'm letting the Holy Spirit move through me, that's what he's going to do. And so if I'm saying, mm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to quiet down and I'm going to back away, what I'm doing is I'm putting a, a hand over God's mouth. That's what I'm doing. And I'm actually pushing him away. And when I push him away, here's the thing. I push away the fellowship I was really desiring in the first place. Because if, even if two people sit around and they agree on something, they're not going to have real in-depth fellowship without the Lord's presence. Because he's the truth. He's the way. He's the life. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I, when I think about relationships that I've had with people where Jesus wasn't involved... There's just something missing there. There's some kind of deep connection that's not there. But when Jesus is involved, suddenly I have deep connection with people that have very different personalities than me, have very different interests than me. There's this deep connection. Why? Because we're part of the body. So this morning, here's what I want to look at. I want to look at somebody, and there are all kinds of examples of this all throughout Scripture who really had to stand against the popular culture to speak truth. And God used this person to demonstrate his power, to draw people to him, but it cost this person 
a lot. But then in the end, here's what, what we see, is we see that God wins. God always wins. That's right. And if I'm, and Scripture declares this, if I'm ashamed of God now, guess what? When I'm standing before the Lord, He's going to be ashamed of me too. I must open up because in the end, He wins. And right now it looks dark and it looks like the Lord's not winning, but the Lord will win. And it's so important that I simply speak truth. So, I want to go to 1 Kings chapter 19. And we're going to be looking at the prophet Elijah, and there's a lot of stuff in 1 Kings about Elijah. And so, just to give you some background on, on what happened with Elijah. Well, no, but before even Elijah. So here's the deal. So, Israel, the nation of Israel, the new king rises to power. And the new king is Ahab. And Ahab marries a woman named Jezebel, okay? And in that, what happens is that he starts promoting the worship of someone other than God. He starts promoting the worship of Baal. And so as he does that, here's what happens. People just go along with it. I mean, we have seen that demonstrated hugely in our nation this past year. We like to think of ourselves as independent and all that, but the truth is, the majority of us will fold with whatever mainstream is saying we need to do. We just go along. We're like, okay, well, I don't want to cause any problems. And sometimes that's good, okay? You, you don't need to fight over every little thing. But sometimes when it comes down to the truth, it's worth standing up and saying, nope, nope, I, I'm standing right here because this is the truth. Well, what happened in Israel is that Ahab comes in, the authority, and he begins to put the pressure, okay? We're going to worship Baal, and I'm going to start, he starts tearing down things that represent God. He starts building up things that represent Baal. Um, he starts persecuting people that follow God. He starts blessing people that follow Baal. And so what happens? The majority of the people start moving towards Baal. If you're in that situation, do you have the ability to stand up to that? I mean, we all want to think so. We want to think that I'm going to choose God. But you need to open your eyes, and I pray that God will open your eyes right now. Are you doing that? Are you choosing God? Or are you always just going with whatever the majority are doing because you don't want to cause issues? Because why? Because you desire to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And God put that in you. But you can't have the real fellowship that, that you desire to have without truth, without Jesus. So that's where Elijah found himself. And there's a, a famous account before what we're going to read where first of all Elijah says okay there's not going to be any rain in Israel for several years and that was big because of this the God of Baal was a God of of, of uh, fertility and uh, he was a God that gave them great crops and so by Elijah saying I'm going to stop the rain it was really a front in, to their worship because they thought
not by worshiping Baal, all this rain would come and they would have great crops. Well, Elijah prays and says, the rain's going to stop, and it did. And so all of a sudden, they find themselves in a place where their resources are scarce, and things are getting really, really bad. And then, after all of that, Elijah says, okay, we're going to have a showdown. We're going to have a showdown where I'm going to have, uh, we're going to put a bull on an altar here, and a bull on an altar here, and I want you and your 450 prophets to pray for Baal, to consume it with fire, see what happens, and then I'm going to pray. And most of you know this account. Nothing happens when they pray to Baal. He prays, boom. It, his altar was soaking wet, and God shows up in power. And it was just amazing. But here's the thing. Even after that, even after that huge demonstration of power, it didn't turn the heart of Ahab. It didn't turn the heart of Jezebel. And so Jezebel says, now I'm going to kill Elijah. And Elijah runs off. And Elijah feels defeated. Because uh, the power of God has just been demonstrated. And yet there is someone still pursuing his life. He's got nobody else around him that he feels is standing for the truth. And he feels all alone. And so without going through all the details, he ends off a long ways away, and he's face to face with God. And God appears to him and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And then in verse 14, that's where I want to start, Elijah replies, and he says, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed Every one of your prophets. I am the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. Elijah was really in this depressed state. And, and I don't have time to read it all. But if you read before this, Elijah wants to die. He's just done. Um, he is standing up for the Lord. He has demonstrated the Lord's power. And yet... Authority and people continue to move away from God. Why is that? I don't know. But it is. And that's what we find in our culture right now. We find people continuing to move away from the Lord. And the thing is, those who move away from the Lord, they hate the light. They, they want to extinguish the light. So if you stand up and you speak truth, they want to shut you up. And if they won't shut you up, they will do to you as they did to John the Baptist, Jesus, the apostles, and on and on it goes. And it, and it still happens. They want to, if they can't threaten you to get you to shut up, they want to take you out. That, that's, that's reality. Why is it? I, I don't know. It, it's, it, but it's darkness. But here's what I have to choose. I have to choose, am I going to stand up and speak truth? Now, Elijah did it. He stood up, and he stood up to the authority, and he stood up to the other prophets. And again, I mean, think about this. This is a whole culture that's saying, Baal is truth. I, I, I mean, and we see that. We see a culture rise up and to speak something that's not true as is as is. It is true, and it's so easy just to say, you know what, I think I'm going to go along with that. But here's what I want you to see as God responds 
to Elijah. God makes it clear that he is going to come in and he is going to destroy those who turn against him. He's going to do it. And he is going to protect those and raise those up who follow after him. And so we've got to make a choice as the days seem to get darker and darker. Am I really going to follow the Lord? Because in some ways we've had an easy time in that we haven't really been threatened all that bad by speaking truth and following the Lord. But it's likely going to continue to go the other way. Am I really going to choose to speak truth and to stand up and to try to be a light? Or am I going to try to bury my treasure and just try to hold on to it and not lose it so that maybe I'll go to heaven? Or am I going to try and to be what God's called me to do, and that is to be a light and to be someone that God produces fruit through? We have to make that choice. So after Elijah says what he just said, and it sounds so dark and it sounds like there's no hope, I mean, it's almost as if God is oblivious to it. Because the Lord almost, it's like he ignores it. And in verse 15, he says, The Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And then he goes through, and here's what he does. He gives him three people to anoint. He gives him two kings, and he gives him a prophet to anoint. Um, and then he says, in verse 17, he says, anyone who escapes from the first, Hazael, will be killed by Jehu, the second. And those who escape Jehu will be killed by the third, Elisha. And then in verse 18, he says, yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. Now, a couple things there. First of all, Elisha feels like he's the last one left. He feels like there's nobody else following the Lord, but there is. But they're being kind of quiet because uh, right now those in authority are, are really coming down on those who follow the Lord. But I want you to see this. God was allowing it to go on for a time. Why does he? We don't always know, but he has his purposes. Right now, God is allowing a certain measure of darkness to, to rise up where we live, right here. How long is it going to go on? I don't know. Why is he doing it? I don't know exactly. But he has his purposes. But here's the deal. I can choose what I do with it. Am I going to rise up and be a light? Or am I going to say, you know, I just I want to have fellowship with people. I, I, I just want to... Um, I don't want to, you know, pay a big price for things. I just want to kind of live my life out. But if we do that again, here's what happens. We really sever relationship with the Lord. Because in a sense, we're saying, I'm going to deny the Lord. And again, if we deny him here, he will deny us before the Father. And so he's calling us, will we rise up and speak the truth? You know, as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of, of being a boy. And one of the ways that the Lord trained me in this is by being brought up in the LDS church. I've shared this with you several times about diff in different ways. But I was again thinking about that. And I was thinking 
about as a child, I loved being a part of the LDS Church. The LDS Church was very powerful. Um, it's much more powerful than any denomination that you probably know here in the U.S. I mean, it's much bigger, much more powerful. Um, I, I loved the relationships that I had with people. Um, it had a, a hierarchy that you could really ascend through. Um, there's, I mean, it was full of good people. They promoted family values. Um, there was just a lot of good things about it. But as I began to get older and older, I began to listen to what they were saying about Jesus. And as I began to listen to what they were saying about Jesus, I really found out that they weren't worshiping the truth. Because for, for those of you who don't know, in, in, in the LDS, Jesus isn't God. He, he was just a creation like you. And as a matter of fact, you can be equal with him. It, it's not about you, you know, worshiping him for eternity. Because he's just a creation like you. He just did a better job than you. He didn't mess up like you. And so he was, you know, able to die for your sins and kind of add something and so on. But anyways, out of the midst of that, I'm like... I love everything about this, but this just isn't true. This doesn't save anybody, and I need saving. I, I, need a, I need a God who's able to die for me and save me. And so I can remember as a young boy, and again, you've got all these authority figures, and they're all nice to you, but you've got to go along with what they say. And if you start saying, uh, I don't agree with that, I don't really think that's truth, ooh, What's going to happen? Well, you're going to get cut off. You're not going to have fellowship. But I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice, and that choice was, do I choose Jesus, or do I choose what is this connection I feel with people and just kind of go along with it? Now, thankfully, I chose Jesus. And it set me up for something, because here's what I found. I found wherever I go, that there are always things that are not truth, and there are things in every Christian denomination, every church, and so on, that people just kind of go along with, because somebody who was powerful and forceful said, this is what we're going to do, and nobody else wants to rock the boat. God is calling all of us to put him first. And again, Jesus is the truth. He is the way and the life. And we have to make a choice. If you are going to have the fellowship that you really desire, it means standing up for truth like Elijah did. No, no matter what. And in the end, God wins. But even before that, even before that, if you were to have the fellowship you really desire, it means giving your life over to the Lord, and then you're going to have a real fellowship with people. But if you say, uh, I'm just going to kind of keep quiet here because I don't want to rock the boat, you're, you're actually never going to have that fellowship that you're trying to protect. So as you go about this coming week and the week after, I want you to look for ways that God's calling you to be alive. Again, I'm not talking about being mean to people. I'm not talking about saying, you know, you're so bad, I can't believe you're, 
But it's a matter of saying, you know what? God says this about that. And maybe you even go beyond that and say, if God gives you understanding as to why he said we stand up and we just speak those things. We speak those things to, to family, to friends, to co-workers. As God gives us opportunity, we speak them. And the result is sometimes people aren't going to want to hang around us as much or you know, maybe they're going to try to avoid us. Those things are going to happen. The but is though is that when we present truth, we give people an opportunity. But if truth isn't presented to them, Scripture makes it clear. I'll be held accountable for it if I was called to present truth and I didn't do it. But if I present truth, then they are accountable for it. So as you go about your week, I just want you to be open for that. Because you're going to have it this week. You're going to have opportunities where you have an opportunity to just share truth or to just be like, hmm, I'm just going to be quiet right now. I don't, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to cause issues. The problem is, is that if you don't rock the boat, God's heading over a ledge. Sometimes to turn the boat around from the ledge it's about to head over, it takes a little rocking. It takes a little rocking to get it to, to spin around, and it's not fun, but it's sure a lot better than going over the edge. So let's show people we truly love them and present the truth. Lord, I pray that you would give